Yo, 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 and welcome back to another episode of the Nick and Griff Show. Today is July 4th, the 4th of July, 2022. It is 3.34 p.m. here, Central Standard Time. I'm excited to be jumping in here to another one with you guys. As you can tell, uh, if you're watching, maybe not if you're listening, uh, it's just Nick here. Uh, Griff and I are going to be filming an episode here in just a couple hours, and I'm excited to jump back into it with just Griff. We've had so many guests in a row So it's going to be fun to hop back on and kind of rehash a lot of these things we've talked about. So excited to film that here in a couple hours. But before we get there, I have got a quick little article read for you about the difference between proof of work and proof of stake. Now, this is kind of an interesting conversation to have amidst all of this stuff that's going on in the macro economy. Um, You know, I mean, everything's crashing. Everything's crashing right now. Bitcoin's down. Real estate's coming down. The stock market's down. Treasuries are strange. GDP is down. Uh, The dollar uh, power or value is increasing uh, compared to other foreign uh, foreign uh, monies. And this this whole thing is super strange. So kind of wanted to drop in here on the proof of work versus proof of stake conversation. So I think it's an interesting part. Um, in this macro economy, right? When things are down, people get scared, people get uncertain. When things are up, everybody's excited, everybody wants to buy. And it seems like everybody's a little uptight here recently in the past, I uh, call it maybe month or three months, I guess. And uh, just wanted to hop in here and uh, let's get into this sucker here. Now, if you're watching, uh, you'll be able to follow along here with the article. If you're just listening, no worries. I'm going to read this sucker. So let's hop into this deal here. So this is titled, this is on Bitcoin Magazine, by the way. Great articles. Go check them out. This article is titled, Proof of Work versus Proof of Stake. Why Bitcoin Won't Change. As politicians and environmentalists have argued, Bitcoin should move away from proof of work. They miss what makes the network so innovative. Now, this is written by an anonymous author, Namikios, whatever, however you pronounce that here. And this was uh, May 26th of this year of 2022. So let's jump into this sucker. Bitcoin's consensus mechanism, proof of work, tends to bring about divisive opinions in in society. While some argue it is a core aspect of Bitcoin's success, others claim the network would retain most of its properties while reaping new benefits if it switched to alternative consensus mechanisms such as proof-of-stake. This discussion was brought to the fore this week as two dramatically uh, diametrically opposed events happened nearly simultaneously. The World Economic Forum's annual meeting in Davos, Switzerland, and the Oslo Freedom Forum, OFF, in Oslo, Norway. Both Davos and Oslo hosted discussions about cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, and the designs of them both. Led by growing environmental concerns worldwide, the energy usage of this burdening technology was inevitably part of the agendas. The argument for POS Bitcoin, which is proof of stake, if you can't tell yet. So the argument for proof of stake Bitcoin. Based on the energy consumption topic, the World Economic Forum tweeted earlier this year that if Bitcoin were to move to proof of stake, it could eliminate or could almost eliminate its environmental impact. 
The tweet featured a video with arguments that stem from the Change the Code, Not the Climate campaign, an initiative spearheaded by Greenspace and billionaire Greenpeace and billionaire Ripple co-founder Chris Larson to lobby 50 key miners, companies, and developers in the Bitcoin industry to move the protocol away from proof of work in favor of proof of stake. The claim that Bitcoin could use a different consensus protocol that is supposedly both better for the environment and enables a similar degree of security is not new. In January, a cohort of U.S. representatives put the same suggestion forward in a congressional hearing about Bitcoin mining. However, these assumptions are disputed. The Bitcoin Policy Institute, BPI, an, interdis an interdisciplinary cohort of economics, coders, lawyers, climate scientists, philosophers, and policy analysts providing research, fact-checking, and commentary on Bitcoin has published two fact-checking notes this year on myths and misunderstandings about Bitcoin's energy consumption, which I have read this sucker. I read it right after I read this article, and it's really interesting. I'll have to jump back into that one. Maybe on another article read here, but let's continue. In addition to the energy debate, whether Bitcoin really is that detrimental to the environment, which the BPI tackled in its notes, there is no or there is also the security debate. Bloomberg reported on the change the code, not the climate campaign in March, mentioning comments from Chris uh, Bendixson a Bitcoin researcher at Shore uh, Coin Shares and, and one of the world's leading experts on Bitcoin mining, per the report. I'd, I'd put the chance of Bitcoin ever moving to proof of stake at exactly 0%, Bendixson said. There is no appetite among Bitcoiners to destroy the security of the protocol by making such a move. A panel at OFF 2022 raised similar concerns. The conversation featured Nick Carter, general partner at early stage cryptocurrency venture capital firm Castle Island Ventures, Lynn Alden, founder of equity research and investment strategy firm Alden Investment Strategy, and Darren Feinstein, founder of Bitcoin mining and computer infrastructure company Core Scientific. The three panelists covered topics including energy consumption, the differences between proof-of-work and proof-of-stake, and why proof-of-work is necessary for Bitcoin. But before diving into the arguments, let's review what a yeah, let's let's review what a consensus mechanism actually is. What is a consensus mechanism? A cryptocurrency's consensus mechanism determines how the participants in the network decide the state of the blockchain. Ultimately, what transactions are valid and can be added to blocks, and what blocks are valid and can be added to the chain. Since cryptocurrencies are supposed to be decentralized, they are ideally composed of thousands of peers connected to each other, forming a network. These peers don't necessarily trust each other, meaning that they don't have to believe in the trustfulness of the messages each of them transmits across the network. And since there is no central authority to call the shots, there needs to be a standard set of directives for these mutually distrusting peers to agree. There are plenty of different consensus mechanisms being used by cryptocurrency projects today, 
But the two most popular ones are proof of work and proof of stake. So in my thought here to kind of sum that consensus mechanism piece up is if if we're going to utilize a decentralized network, there has to be a consensus mechanism or a way uh, to verify all of the objective information in the network, right? How can we do that and not include trust? So, for example, today we utilize third parties to verify and audit companies' uh, balance sheets, profit and loss statements to make sure that the books aren't cooked, right? That's the value of the third party is to make sure that it's correct. The question is here is how do we do this in a decentralized manner where everyone can agree? So that's what this consensus mechanism is. And proof of work and proof of stake, like they're mentioning here, um, are the two major ones that are used, the two major consensus mechanisms used in cryptocurrencies today. So let's continue on here. Proof of work or proof of stake. Proof of work is the consensus mechanism devised by Satoshi Nakamoto in the Bitcoin white paper. At its core, the design of Bitcoin's proof of work system is based on Hashcash, which was invented in 1997 by Dr. Adam Beck, an early cypherpunk and current CEO of Bitcoin infrastructure company Blockstream. Those who seek to create new coins in a proof-of-work-based network, referred to as miners, collectively do zillions of computer calculations per second to find a valid number for the next block on the blockchain. This number, called the block hash, is the output of a hashing function that they calculate by feeding it with data such as transactions, awaiting confirmation on the network, a random number called a nonce a timestamp, and other kinds of information. Miners vary these variables to find a hash below a target set by the network, a target of which is known as difficulty. The lower the target, the more difficult it is to find a valid number. Now, okay, before we go any further, that's a super jam-packed uh, paragraph there. Uh, not diving into the mining side, if you don't know what some of these things are, Go look it up. Just go Google it. And you'll be all right. But uh, what they're saying here is is absolutely spot on. So uh, it's basically saying who those who seek to create new coins, right? So the miners that are mining and creating new new coins, they're doing tons and tons and tons. They say zillions of computer calculations here per second, trying to find the correct answer to the algorithm that the blockchain operates on. Um, now, this number is called the hash, right? That correct answer is called the block hash, and it is the output for the correct input, right? Um, let's see here. Now, miners, uh, it's, it's talking about miners vary these variables uh, to find hash, uh, hash below a target set by the network. So basically, as you add transactions, it changes it changes the formula, right? Think of it as an algebra problem where you've got, if you've got parentheses uh, around a certain portion of the formula, and then you've got other parts of your formula outside of those parentheses, what happens if you change the information inside the parentheses? Well, it changes the whole formula, right? And so as we add different and new transactions into these blocks, and you can even you can even put uh, you can even put text inside of these like you can embed things inside the blockchain, which is which is a whole other conversation. Kind of interesting. Go check out episode number thirty, I think it was, with Eric Grill. We did talk about that a little bit in there. But um, 
again, so not diving all the way into the mining side here, um, but this stuff is, is really good here so far. Let's keep going. When a miner finds a valid hash, they propose their block to the network by propagating it to nodes, which will verify the, the validity of that work, which is easily done. Therefore, miners in Bitcoin need to abide by the rules of the network, which are checked by the nodes in order to receive their block reward. In other words, miners do not control Bitcoin, as is often suggested. In quotes, proof of work allows everyone to decide on the correct state of the ledger with no human oversight or governance, said Carter during the OFF panel. Since the work's proof and... Since the work's proof and the energy fueling it are trivially checked in a non-subjective programmatic way, proof-of-work networks are able to remove the human component in the decision-making process. Now, this stuff is getting uh, this stuff is is so important here uh, for the innovation that that Bitcoin was and this proof-of-work system was. Um, I, it's exciting, you know, kind of reading some of these things. In times like now, when, when you're in a bear market and the price is going down and you're like, oh, wait, just because the dollar price is down, that doesn't mean that any of these things that we're reading about now are changing. You know, the core infrastructure of Bitcoin is, is, not, uh, is not dwindling away like the price may look. It's actually growing right now, which is exciting. So it's fun to go back in times like now and, and kind of go back over these fundamentals here. So let's again, let's keep moving. By relying on energy expenditure... Proof of work also is, a, is able to tie a digital network and its digital money to the physical world. Interesting. Since the consensus mechanism requires, requires real-world computers to perform calculations that consume energy, the network is able to require a real-world cost to those participating in the creation of new coins. In that sense, Bitcoin's value is, at the bare minimum, always directly tied to costs in the physical world in which we live. Ferenstein argued that Bitcoin's proof-of-work mining system is an evolution of the hundreds of years-old ledger system that relies on a trusted, centralized authority to maintain records and balances, which is leveraged by banks and nearly all other accounting-related business to this day. I love this guy's take here. These are some interesting thoughts. He's got a an interesting podcast um, episode with Saifedina Moose on his uh, the Bitcoin Standard podcast. Go check that one out. But um, love some of these thoughts he's going to get into here on the accounting side. So in quotes here, Bitcoin created a triple entry ledger from the old double entry ledger and the ledger self audits and writes on chain, he said. It's an immutable ledger that can never be altered. That's the best accounting technology that has ever been created by humans, he added. So anything that lives on top of this Bitcoin network, that is an accounting innovation, is going to be better than the legacy system that it replaces. It, that's interesting, right? Proof of stake. Now, I think, I think this is where we switch gears here from proof of work to kind of more about proof of stake here. So proof of stake uh, takes another approach to finding consensus in a distributed ledger. Instead of requiring energy expenditure, the cost of participating in mining in such a network is tied to the amount of the network's digital money the participant holds. 
Okay, so we're already shifting here. So proof of stake then it uh, let's see it says instead of instead of having to uh, having a real world energy expenditure cost, this cost and proof of stake is going to be um, holding some of that network's digital money. So the cost is that you've got to hold some of that money. A node that wishes to take part in the consensus mechanism of a proof of stake based blockchain to become a validator, needs to stake, in quotes, a certain amount of coins that of that blockchain that they own. Okay, so let's break this down. So if you want to be a validator in a proof-of-stake consensus mechanism network, that means you have to stake a certain amount of coins that are native to that blockchain. So for Bitcoin, uh, Bitcoin the blockchain, you would have to buy and hold Bitcoin in order to be a validator um, as... Uh, if it were a proof of stake system, right? But it's not. Thank God. And you'll see why here as we get into this. Staking means locking one's coins as locking up one's coins as collateral in the blockchain in the way that allows the network to punish validators by destroying part of or all of the coins they have if they behave dishonestly or lazily. So uh, basically, you have to stake your coins. You have to give them to the network. And if you behave with uh, with malincentive or with evil in your heart, they can take your coins or they can take part of them. And that's the cost, right? That's the risk. That's supposed to be the incentive is that you you, you want to operate correctly so that they don't steal your coins. So that's where they're moving uh, in, uh, in proof of stake. And it sounds good on the outset, but Let's get into a little bit more of the details here, and you'll see what's going on. Implementations of this system vary. But taking Ethereum's proposed proof-of-stake design as an example, the proof-of-stake network randomly selects a validator to propose a new block, or to propose a block, and also a committee of validators to check and vote on the validity of the block proposed. Okay. Proponents of proof of stake argue that staking one's coins is enough is enough cost to encourage honest participation, as we talked about a second ago, but some contrarian arguments exist. First, proof of stake networks determine a minimum amount of coins that need to be staked for a user to participate in its consensus mechanism. On Ethereum, that amount is 32,000 ETH. Uh, which I believe somewhere today is right around like 32, 33,000, uh, give or take a little bit. So you have to stake that amount of value in order to be, I guess, to have your name thrown in the hat of potential validators that the network may pick at random, right? Smaller players, though, can, they can participate in pools, which pools are basically a bunch of smaller pay, uh, players that don't have that 32 ETH, they can all pool their ETH together. And uh, I, it's kind of funny. I think they, they pull them together and then they utilize a third party that helps them organize all that stuff, which again, which is taking the trustlessness out of it. So using a third party to pool all of it, organize everything and then go in and then they can put their vote in uh, with all of their money versus just one since they don't have enough as a single. So anyway, so they can still participate in pools, uh, but are hence excluded from the process, and those with bigger amounts of money are favored. This is different from Bitcoin mining pools because nodes validate, 
and any participant can be a node, right? So that's a big difference on the Bitcoin network. Any participant can be a node on the Bitcoin network and nodes validate what is correct. They have to plug in the answer that these miners are proposing. And if they get the correct predetermined answer, which is a whole nother conversation in the code, in the, in the actual fundamentals of Bitcoin. But if they, if they plug it in, they plug in that input and they get the exact correct predetermined output, then bang, it's perfect. It works. The, the formula is correct. And everything, all the transactions in that block are verified and added on to the blockchain um, that, was, that has been previously validated. So that's a, that's a big piece on the Bitcoin network is that any participant can be a node and validate the, uh, the, the blockchain. So as a result, in a proof of stake, in proof of stake, those determining the state of the network are the ones with the largest holdings of that network's coin. Okay, so now listen to a couple of these thoughts here. This is where things start to get a little sketchy. In quotes, basically, proof of stake relies on circular logic, where the largest coin holders determine the state of the ledger, right? And the state of the ledger determines who the largest coin holders are, Alden said at the panel. Consequently, while there is no single central authority dictating the truth, Proof-of-stake networks defer their decisions to a select group of large coin holders. This is akin to common systems before the invention of cryptocurrencies where those with a larger stake in the system, larger stakeholders, if you will, get more power in decision-making. Proof-of-stake is just a fancy way of referring to shareholder governance or a stakeholder-led system where effectively your ownership of the system determines your authority of the system, Carter said. That's how SWIFT works, the SWIFT banking system, he's saying. How PayPal works, that's how banks work. These are all proof-of-stake systems. So that was Nick Carter there, which if you guys are on Bitcoin Twitter, Nick Carter is just getting drugged through the mud right now. I don't really know what the whole situation is. I did read some of his tweets, and I was like, ah, probably not the best move, you know but they're really dragging that guy through the mud right now, but still doesn't mean that he doesn't have great things to say here. Those who ask that Bitcoin move to proof of stake miss the difference between the consensus mechanism and proof of work and how each strives to achieve different things. So now this is kind of interesting because it seemed like earlier in the article, he's saying that consensus mechanisms, um, well, proof of work and proof of stake are examples of, consensus mechanisms but now he's saying here those who ask that bitcoin move to proof of stake miss the differences between that consensus mechanism oh sorry that consensus mechanism and proof of work sorry i that i what i did say was correct proof of work proof of stake are consensus mechanisms okay i was reading that wrong uh well it's saying it doesn't realize what the difference between proof of stake and proof of work are and how they achieve what is ultimately the consensus right in quotes here again, says proof of stake is doing completely different things than what Bitcoin is doing, Alden said. Bitcoin without energy, without the work, is like airplanes with the flight removed. It's taking out the key innovation of what makes it so useful, right? Which, which that seems to really make sense to me, you know, just with a couple of the, with a couple of the core pieces of proof of work versus proof of stake. Proof of work is a way to reach consensus in a decentralized manner 
that gives everyone a chance and has a real world cost to the creation of new coin. Now, the real world cost, that's a whole conversation. We're not going to get into that here. Uh, the proof of stake side is basically uh, if you've got over this minimum amount staked, then you, you have your name in the hat to be validated. But the people at the top with the most amount staked are the ones that are favored by the, uh, by the protocols of that proof of, state net, proof of stake network. So then this is saying that Bitcoin without energy, without the work, is like an airplane with the flight removed. It's taking out the key innovation of what makes it so useful. You know, proof of work is so useful for the world in the sense that it's, it's everybody's got an opportunity, right? This is 4th of July. It's, it's American Independence Day. Um, we're, talking about, we're talking about freedom of opportunity. Freedom of opportunity with proof of work, which is beautiful. And, uh, and I think we, we need to hop into some of the statistics here um, about how much of the global energy consumption is devoted to Bitcoin. But then also at the same time, how much Bitcoin is really protecting, how much security Bitcoin really has. Um, and these are pieces that go into it as well. So let, let's keep rolling. Uh, Bitcoin, by leveraging energy, for proving work and nodes to attest the validity of the work can bring about apolitical money that enables equal participation and treats all users alike. Beautiful statement. Last piece here says, look, these proof of system, uh, proof of stake systems work fine. They just aren't depoliticized. They don't allow just anybody to transact, Carter said, adding that he believes money should enable anyone to transact, regardless of whether they abide by the system's political beliefs or not. That's been stripped away from us as we've digitized finance. Now, these, these last two sentences, or last two statements, rather, are, are so powerful here. Let's read them again. Bitcoin, by leveraging energy for proving work and nodes to attest the validity of that work, can bring about a political money. It's it's not political. It's not controlled by the government, right? A political money that enables equal participation in call it the economy, the the network, the world, um, equal participation because it's apolitical and it treats all users alike. It treats the miners. It treats the nodes. It treats the uh, the buyers and sellers it treats your uh, your grandma that's holding Bitcoin it protects her money um, your your own money let's say that you're uh, like myself and you've got a um, you know a young family that you're getting started you're getting married soon gonna have kids soon want to buy a house hey the Bitcoin network the proof of stake consensus mechanism that's protecting your value. Um, Proof of stake is for us. You know, the more you dive into the the details here on some of this stuff, um, the more exciting that you'll get, I think you'll find. So anyways, I am uh, excited to hop on there and read another article with you. Um, I thought that was a fun one. I, I actually hopped into my iPad. I, I use an iPad Pro for work and for a lot of the stuff with the podcast, reading and, and writing and all this kind of stuff. And I dove in there and I was reading this article and I was taking notes on my left side. And I thought, man, this would be a good one to read. And uh, I think in times like now, 
it's so easy to lose sight on why you're buying, why you're holding, why you're investing um, when, when the dollar price of it is going down, right? Uh, but at the core of Bitcoin is the network, right? And again, we've got to make, we've got to make the distinction of Bitcoin with a lowercase b or Bitcoin with a capital B. So Bitcoin with the lowercase b is Bitcoin the, the absolute scarce money, the commodity, the actual Bitcoin, the actual coin that you own. That is with a lowercase b. Now, the investment that everybody loves to talk about, the exciting piece of Bitcoin, is Bitcoin with a capital B. Bitcoin with a capital B is the network. That is, um, that is Strike, that is Coinbase, that is uh, Binance, that's, uh, that's the exchanges that are, are tagged into Bitcoin, the network. That is um, all of the... All of the actors, the the mining, the total hash rate, the the total hash power, the the electricity and, and energy is being consumed that's going into protecting that network. That's part of the investment of it. Uh, as that grows, your investment grows. Um, another part of the network would be the ability to transact at the grocery store, or to buy your gas, or to go out and have dinner and pay with Bitcoin. Um, the infrastructure of that being able to happen. That's the growth in, uh, in, in the network, which would be your investment, right? Um, this stuff is, uh, is really interesting because those core fundamentals that we're talking about, the network, are built upon this proof of, proof of work, not proof of stake, proof of work and other core protocols um, that allow that network to continue to grow in times like now when the price is down. Things are trading sideways. Everybody is either scared or bored or whatever it is, right? And, uh, you know, I think that now is a great time to say that the fundamentals have never been better. Uh, I mean, everything is continuing to, imp to improve. Uh, and for me, I would say the, the total hash rate is, is probably one of the major ones uh, because the to as the total hash rate increases, the security of the Bitcoin network increases, which is just beautiful, right? Um, you know, that's increasing and, uh, and with strikes developments a couple months back with everything that they're doing as far as developing the infrastructure to actually use Bitcoin as a medium of exchange. I mean, it's, it's only going to come with time. So, um, that said, I'm excited about where we're at with Bitcoin today. Um, I hope it stays down like another week so that, uh, payday next Friday, I'm able to buy some more Bitcoin, uh, real cheap Bitcoin anyways. Um, I'm excited where we're at. I think the fundamentals are strong. I'm continuing to buy. Griff's continuing to buy. Hope you guys are too. And uh, I'm excited to jump into another article again here soon. I think I'm going to have to get into some of the uh, environmental impact stuff because I read some cool articles on that here recently. But hey, until then, we will see you next time. Peace.